everybody. Welcome back to Expanding Your Horizon, a podcast on business and technology. I'm your host, Rob Stoner, one of the owners of Horizon Managed Services, here with Joe Malinowski, our service delivery manager. Hey. Hey, welcome, Joe. Uh, today's episode is going to be focused on you and I. We're just at a, a conference a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, called Write a Boom. Uh, so today's episode is going to focus on that. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Sure. So... Yeah, I mean, to recap at the high level, Write a Boom is a conference uh, kind of going over cybersecurity and incident response. Uh, boom being like when the event happens and being right of boom is how you react, how you respond, how you recover from the incident itself. So uh, why don't you, uh, if, if you could, just kind of summarize some of your key takeaways, how that can, how, how what you took away from Write a Boom and how we can... Uh, leverage that to better protect our clients? Uh, I think my biggest takeaway was probably um, where IT and, and risk intersect. Um, it definitely forced me to reframe how I had been considering and perceiving IT over the last, like, know, whatever long I've been at this, 22 years or so, um, where there was IT and there was infrastructure and then there was this other like little thing, security that was kind of alongside of it or that like bolt-on add-on because back in the day, security was like if you have a password and you have an antivirus, you're good to go. And then over like the last 20 years or so, it's just become as IT went from being the necessary evil to being ingrained in business process, as it gets ingrained, the risk has gone up threats have become more significant. Um, so it, it just, it was a good reset for me to go, okay, you know what? It's it, Security just isn't that thing that's bolted on the IT. It isn't that like, and, and, and I've seen it too, like in the enterprise where like security is, has InfoSec and it's its own department, it's its own discipline. Um, that isn't feasible for businesses at our scale. Um, so it really kind of made me change the way I, I look at at the risk and the impact and how it's just people's businesses are really ingrained with the technology that they use. I mean, it used to be that like Active Directory was for the enterprise and now it's like Active Directory is just kind of re rebranded almost it's kind of for the everyman today yeah no it's you just you pay your mo your monthly licensing fee to microsoft and you've got you know access to the office suite and active directory like tools now it's called intune but it's essentially the same thing so now the little business has the tools that the big businesses had but they also now carry those risks and most of those businesses, the small businesses, they're not used to having to think about the risk, the the security, the implications of decisions they make when using these tools. Yeah. I mean, now it's like because you have the cloud and you have all those wonderful things that like, oh, we've got access to things that we never didn't have access to 20 years ago. Yeah, well, now you've got all the risks that they have, you know, the whole the bad guys want to come after you because like now they understand your attack vector. Like it's just... It's right there. The big guys, the little guys, they're now all equally vulnerable. Yeah. I, I, one of my biggest takeaways was in how uh, we need to be approaching conversations to clients. And it's not about here's how we can better secure you it, or we, you need this new tool because there's this new threat out there and we need to protect you from that threat. But it's more about we need to be approaching clients from 
a conversation of risk and risk mitigation. Uh, and a lot of that is new to the small business, the, the, the two to 10 million or so revenue a year type business where they're used to talking about, okay, I have that antivirus product. I've got a firewall. I use a VPN, these common technologies, but they're not used to having the process and the diligence to go, okay, it's not really about having the tool. It's about mitigating the risk and risk is always changing. Just, uh, it's kind of like, another form of, of business challenge, just like sales is a, uh, and growth or, or shrinkage is a business challenge. Cybersecurity is a business challenge in and of itself. And, and it's our job to, to try and better educate our clients and help them along their path uh, to business maturity in that regard. Yeah, we just, it, the way that, the way that everything is now, it, it, it's, it's, it's really come together like the way that like the technology and the way people do business now at this point, it's so interwoven that you can't help but kind of take this whole approach of like, man, I I hate to be, I hate to be that guy. That's like, you know, the sky is falling and and that's definitely not the, the approach I would take, but it's just like, at this point, it's like, Got kind of have to just wake up to the fact that like yeah that this is this is the reality that we live in now mm-hmm. you know and it's like you can't just you can't blow it off you can't just be like yeah well that's someone else's problem because the second you start doing that well now it's your problem and I think that like security is just it's a fundamental part of IT now whereas before like I don't think it was like that but now at this point like I'm kind of just I'm like I'm personally I'm waking up to that reality we're like. Yeah, I can't think of like there's IT operations and then, okay, yeah, we also have to keep in mind that we have to think about security. It's like, no, it needs to all be, it needs to be wrapped up into one package. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it, like like you said, very similar. It's, it's okay, we need to focus on keeping the business going and let's keep it secure too. It's kind of like that. It's not an afterthought, but it's the and also type of a thing. It's not the forefront. It's not a driving decision maker. It's not kind of an on an equal footing with any other decision regarding IT. And, and coming away from that conference, it was, frankly, it was a wake-up call for me of, no, that, that needs to be an equal footing, uh, not necessarily driving the direction, but it needs to be given equal weight and consideration when making decisions. The other big takeaway for me was I mean, as IT people, we all tend to fall into the trap of the new shiny tool and and look how cool it is. And I mean, IT vendors are, they they have some really great marketing departments, at least some of them do. And it's like, I know for me, believing the hype rather than kind of tying it back to looking at a cyber defense matrix, for example, Sunil, you had a great talk on that at, uh, at the conference and going, okay, here's my different areas. Here's my, my threats and, and here's the challenges that I need to secure. And going, what do I need to secure? And then looking from that perspective and going, what tool can I find that will solve my problem rather than going, hey, there's a new tool out there. What problem do I have that I can use this or leverage this tool for? It's kind of a like flipping it on its end and looking at it from arguably the correct perspective of going, I've got this challenge. Now let's go find it rather than I've got a hammer. Where are my nails? Right. Yeah. You know, my, my Lord, I was definitely, there were, there were way more tools than I was prepared to like process. <laughs> it's, it, 
in the 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 industry around cybersecurity has like man, it's really exploded. There's so many tools out there. Yeah, and there's a ton in the enterprise space. What was shocking to me is walking around the the vendor pavilion, I believe they called it, was just how many tools there are built up just for the MSP space. Like, that's what we live in. And then sitting through some of those talks uh, and the sessions and going, with when it comes to cybersecurity insurance and liability insurance, and all the challenges that that business are facing with their policies uh, and getting them renewed and all that. How long? One of the questions I had was how long until those insurance carriers, not necessarily mandate, but start looking down upon tools that aren't vetted from a, a an industry or uh, a, a a large enterprise business perspective, uh, and instead like. I know tools like ThreatLocker are loved by MSPs because they do uh, application whitelisting, but it's not really targeted for the enterprise. It's not like FedRAMP certified. It's not going through all the, the protocols and testing that enterprise-based tools go for. It's just for the MSP. And if we as MSPs take the approach of, hey, that's a cool, shiny tool, I can sell that, and then what are the benefits of it is the secondary, is that really doing service uh, to our clients, or is that doing a disservice? But then from the the insurance side, what is the implication for my client's insurance when they go to renew and that, that we have to work with our client to fill out that questionnaire and we're not using or they're not using tools that are industry known in the enterprise space. They're just kind of little, not necessarily mom and pop. They're, they're still large businesses, but they're not used across the board. Uh, and so that was something that just kind of made me take a step back and go, we need to just kind of look back at our stack and make sure that the tools we're using to secure aren't just the ooh shiny factor, but that they're actually mapping back to the cyber defense matrix, that they're defensible for why we're using them, and that they are used industry-wide. They're not just little niche tools. Yeah, I'm a fan of establishing process and then implementing tools that are going to help you get that process going. It's easy to fall into a trap of, we got shiny new tools. They do all this cool stuff, man. Let's just start, start turning everything on. Let's just start rolling with it. But Mm -hmm. like you're letting the tool drive your process. And I think when that's the case, it's easy to lose sight of your goal. I think it's it's always best to kind of establish your goals and your milestones and know exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish. And I like to break those accomplishments up into bite-sized chunks, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time, I guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll steal that analogy. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's a, get the process and then figure out how you want to do it because it's always different. It's different for the scale of, you know, the business or the people that are involved. I mean, there's so many variables so I think you start with the process, then you can get a tool that helps you implement the process that you want to implement that fits your business, fits your needs. Speaking of process, uh, was there any kind of framework or process that, that stuck out to you that was discussed at the, the Right of Boom conference uh, for wanting to implement or at least a, a structured approach for securing small businesses? Yeah, I, I think... I kind of gravita- I gravitated a bit toward the CIS uh, controls. Um, part part of it is I've I've seen the bits and pieces at previous stops implemented, and it kind of I, that was part of it. And I like the open source kind of community vibe that it has. Um, you know, I, 
the more minds involved, the better. A lot of a lot of, a lot of people out there are smarter than me. I'll let them do the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. and just kind of take a, you know, take take the approach of you know, start with implementation group one, start with control one, and just don't think about it much past just getting started. Yeah, because it's it, there's a lot of controls. It's easy to get overwhelmed, but it, it's like good like security. It's almost like taking care of your body where like you, ha- you just have to make sure you go out and you do it every day. Yeah. Like just take that approach of like I'm just it's, it's a continuous process. It isn't a switch that you just flip like, OK, cool. All right. We did these things and now we're safe and the things are secure. Like, no, it's just it's part of like your business. You come in, you do business every day and every day there's a new challenge. Tomorrow there's going to be a new challenge. Pat yourself on the back because this morning you just completed one, but like it's an ongoing thing. Security is the same way. It's just something that's ongoing. It isn't something that like you complete and you put a bow on it and you kick back and relax. And it's Miller time. Like there's really no Miller time with this. Nope. It's just it's something that keeps going because the challenges are going to change every day. Like the the bad guys are always going to have something new, and so like you have to be ready for it. Yeah, and I I think that's what you just kind of hit on is one of the keys for any small business or any business in general, looking at how they can improve their situation is it's, it's no longer a switch that you flip. Like you said, back in the day, install antivirus, throw a firewall out there and Hey, you're good. And and I mean, in in a lot of ways there, the, the average small business still treats technology and security in that way of, well, our insurance agency said we had to have X, Y, and Z. So we've turned those switches on. We've bought the the shiny tool that says it can do that. But that's no longer really the case. I mean, it's, we, one of the talks was, was um, given by John Strand, who's a, a prolific SANS teacher and cybersecurity expert. And one of the things he talked about was, again, syscontrols are great. There's other frameworks like NIST and all that. But any of the control frameworks that are out there to help businesses set up and establish security posture and and policy, their best practices are based on threats that were happening and seen one, two, three years ago. Uh, And so that's not a knock on the the, the framework. You need to see what's going on in order to build the policy to protect from it and be able to say, okay, yep, this is what we're doing. This is now a new baseline. And it's iterative. But in general, it's, it's, if you take that mindset of, I'm just going to flip the switch and then forget about it, it's Miller time, you're going to be two, three plus years out of date, and you're not going to be protected from the latest threats. And w- when it comes to SIS uh, and like implementation group one, two, and three, and the different approaches based on the different business types and the, the, the different risks that they have, it's not just saying, okay, we're going to protect from uh, credential stuffing. We're going to protect from uh, like uh, uh, phishing emails and all that. It's putting frameworks in place to protect from approaches and attack vectors rather than individual threats. And so I think like at one of the takeaways from this this discussion is any small business can do this. Uh, it, it, it takes time. It takes a di- a change of mindset. But there are frameworks, there, there, frankly, there are spreadsheets where you can just go through, it asks you a bunch of questions, and it tells you kind of where you stand. And it, it, it's, we're going through that internally for us, uh, and, it's, and we're an IT provider. We've been around this, and, and granted, Joe and I were at this conference, and we both kind of had this light bulb moment of, wow, we've been approaching this a little bit from the wrong direction. 
but it's still, we see this every day. So I'd argue we should be more attuned to the threats and the controls. And it's still eye-opening for us going through and, and going, okay, what controls are we, we missing on or are we deficient on? And where do we have room for improvement? And we have loads of room for improvement. But that's not to, to be discouraging. It just goes, okay, it's a different approach. It's a different mindset to security. And let's, let's eat it one bite at a time. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the one bite at a time approach. And one of the other takeaways to that was, I, I thought was <clears throat> kind of eye-opening was the, the notion that like when a big company gets hacked, so like let's say Target gets, gets hit, well, other retailers, they're going to see what happens. They're going to have, you know, they're going to see it in the news. They're going to up their game. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that at like the smaller business level. Like, the big enterprises are more resilient and whenever they get hit, they kind of become more resilient across the board, but there isn't that visibility when it's like, you know, a local company, a smaller company, something in like the Kenosha area, they get hit. Nobody knows. It's not on the news. Yeah. Their, their clients may know, but beyond that, it's not going to make a big wave. Right. And so peep their peers, that company's peer group, like, their game doesn't elevate. Like they all say that same level of vulnerable. So there's the, the kind of like below the sight line vulnerability to businesses that like we would interact with, like they don't get the, they don't get the press. They don't get that like incentive to up their, to up their defenses. Mm-hmm. So that, that for me was like kind of a, it's, you know, I come from a, an enterprise background. So I, I think, I kind of got just got used to that. Like you hear it in the news, the executives hear it in the news. So you get a top down kind of like, hey, see what's out there. Do we have to do we have to patch? Do we need a tool? And then like it could happen quickly at that scale because they have the revenue and, and all that to bring in consultants and tools and yada, 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 throw whatever they have to at the wall to keep themselves safe. That is not the case at like, you know, a 12 man shop. Right. You know, it's like they don't have that budget. They can't react in the same sort of way. So it is really incumbent upon MSPs of our size to kind of really have that vision for the client and help them understand that like, yeah, these, these things happen to the big companies and that's where we see it. And that's how we hear about it. And that's where it lands in the news. But like that isn't, the end all be all it hits everybody the little guy the medium-sized guy and like i didn't really i never really thought about like that's where it is incumbent upon us to like have that knowledge and have that conversations with our clients not necessarily in like this whole like it's the fear-mongering that bothers me around the subject like i don't like talking about it because it just it feels like you need to be afraid and it's like well on one hand you kind of do but on the other hand it's like this is just the reality. Like we need to not. The, temp- necess- yeah, the temperature has been raised and we just need to get comfortable with yeah. the new normal. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it's up to us to help communicate to the people who, you know, the business leaders who run their business, whatever it is that they do, they do it well. Mm-hmm. But like it is kind of a niche thing. And like, unless you're really into it, nobody really, you know, I remember having conversations with HR guys and their eyes would just glaze over when you'd start talking about like, the really nerdy bits, but I think at this point, it's all like I said before, that it's so ingrained at this point 
that I think like, you know, we really need to like drive this stuff home with our clients and help them understand just what the risks are uh, to their business and, and what the impacts could be. And when we have these conversations, one of the things that I thought was really uh, was really interesting was like, what is a material amount of money to you? And that's one of the first questions that like we should ask when we're sitting down and we're having these conversations with the prospects or with clients and kind of say, well, what is, you know, what is that dollar value? Because then we understand kind of where, where that tipping point is in the risk, mm -hmm. you know, cause for a large company, it could be millions, but for a smaller company, it could be thousands or tens of thousands. And it's like, it's a different, it's a very different tipping point. Oh, absolutely. When you talk about like the, the risk that you're trying to mitigate, the things that could come in, you're, it takes one ransom attack to really damage a small company. Oh, yeah. I mean, ransom attacks are, are I hate to say it, but basically a dime a dozen these days. And, and even just paying the ransom, uh, not let, let's set aside the monetary amount and the headache of trying to find the Bitcoin and all that and paying that. But you also run a ri run risk of running afoul of various like legal issues in legally paying that because in most cases those ransomware operators are operating out of countries where there are U.S. sanctions against sending financial uh, vehicles to those countries. And so let's say you're a business owner, you get ransomware, you've got the money, and say, okay, this isn't a, a, like a, a major financial issue. We'll just pay it and we'll move on you could be opening yourself up to a whole host of legal liability just in paying that ransom. Uh, and, and so you're almost, it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of a situation. Uh, but it's, it's, it's fascinating when I, you have conversations with these small business owners and they, they, they hear in the news Target getting hacked or, or the XYZ big company and they hear about the risk, but because all you ever hear about is the big companies, not the little ones, they think, oh, that's never, that can never happen to me. I'm not really a big target. The reality is the defenses are so much lower typically on small business. And those that are attacking, they're, they're throwing a net. It's not like the late 80s, early 90s, where it's targeted attacks typically, aside from like nation state and all that. It's the, 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 the threat actors, the bad guys, so to speak, they're just casting a net as wide as they can and pulling it in and see how many fish they catch. Uh, if they were going to go targeted, it, it would pay off a lot less than just throwing the net out there and whoever pays, pays. And they, they, they're like, hey, cool, good day. Uh, and so, yeah, like you said, I think it's, it's incumbent upon us as MSPs, as IT professionals, to have, change the conversation narrative from the scary uh, and just, hey, have you heard about this new threat? We need this new tool to mitigate it to a conversation focused solely on risk, determine where that risk level is, and then build the security posture around that risk level and, and bring your clients, bring your executives into the fold and ha let them have a key stake in that conversation, in that process, and in the outcome so that everyone understands where things lie, what the acceptable risk level is at, and what controls are being put in place. Because I know I've had uh, my fair number of conversations with prospects where they've got an MSP, and they said, well, we were protected. They, they installed the XYZ tool. We had uh, like backups through this provider, and they still got attacked. And, the reality, and they, they assumed because they outsourced it to an MSP that they were protected. 
Well, what that tells me is that they ne that MSP never had a conversation regarding risk with that client. Uh, and, and it's, again, it's, it, I'd say that's a failure on our part as IT professionals, as MSPs, in, in servicing our clients. We need to do better. Uh, is there anything, uh, like I don't have a good transition at this point, but I, I think we've kind of talked this a little bit to death, at least at, at a high level. Uh, but is there anything you want to leave as a, like a final closing note uh, for business owners in the, like, let's say the two to 10 million-ish revenue, annual revenue range and what they should be considering or doing? Uh, that's a very broad question, it, I know. It is, yeah. Um, I, I think one of the one of the things I would I would think uh, poses kind of a, a a higher amount of risk than maybe they would initially consider it is working from home and remote workers and just the spread of of the workforce from like out of that centralized area into you know living rooms and spare bedrooms across the across the land. Um, it's just getting outside that boundary, getting those computers outside the firewall and it's kind of out into the quote air quote, you can't see it. Well, wait, wait we have cameras. <laughs> there you can, uh, the, the kind of the, the V working over VPNs and people working from, you know, maybe their work computers, maybe their personal computers or, or whatever, like that, that actually kind of. There's definitely a higher degree of risk there. That like, I as a worker, I like working from home. But when I think about it from like a business owner's perspective, and just the amount of of risk that kind of the farther away you get from that centralized managed location, that things kind of creep up. You know, like, hey, someone wants to go work from a coffee shop. That sounds really great. But now, like you're on a public Wi-Fi, you know, on a shared computer, and are you making sure that are your are your employees locking the computer before like they go to the counter to get their you know coffee refreshed or grab a scone or whatever, go to the bathroom? So it, the technology has gotten to the point where like remote work that used to be something that again that was an enterprise thing. Now it's like it's an and everybody thing. Now it's an everybody thing. And people are really enamored with the convenience of it. And I get that. I I enjoy the convenience. I'm definitely on board with the convenience of it. But like I don't know if businesses really like if you don't know about how IT works, you don't know necessarily what questions to ask and go, well, what what risk does this pose? You know, whether it's someone grabbing the laptop and running off with it because someone's like up at the counter getting a, another, you know, another snack or, you know, maybe even just like the kids going and playing on mom and dad's computer when they're not looking, mm -hmm. like installing like random stuff from a website or whatever. And like people don't really think about that as like being an IT thing. It's just kind of like, oh, whatever, the kid hopped on the computer while I was you know, out of the room and installed some game that seemed innocent enough, but it wasn't, you know, because a lot of times downloads come bundled with things that you don't want bundled with your downloads. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a constant, 
it's a constant, it's, it's something to always have in the back of your mind that like anytime you've got endpoints kind of floating around in the world, like the risk goes up, the risk goes up. And like, I just don't see how, unless you're an IT centric business, like the ramifications for that, like the, is that something that people really think about, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think they really do. Like, we're so used to technology as a culture at this point. It's not new. It's ubiquitous. It's expected. I mean, we, we all have phones in our pocket that we can arguably do 80% of our jobs from. Um, and, and so I don't think anyone outside of IT specialists really think about the impacts of changes like we're remote working and how that changes the threat vector, how that changes the, the, the landscape of the, the, I'm going to call it the enterprise footprint to the business, like where the, where business information lies, where those risks are at. Uh, and so, yeah, I think just what, to sum it all up, I think the biggest thing that a small business owner could do is just step back and go, how am I working? How is my team working? And have I thought through any risks that, uh, that this may be posing? Uh, or when's the last time, rather, that I, I kind of thought through how to properly secure uh, our environment and our assets? Um, and if it is, hasn't been a thought in the past six months to a year, reach out to a local IT professional or give us a call. Reach out via email or, or DM and, and let's have that conversation. Whether it goes somewhere or not, we can help guide you and put you in the right direction, point you in the right direction, rather, to educate yourself and, and be able to have an educated conversation with a provider and, and kind of make those, uh, start making those rather, those discussions and, and decisions regarding risk and threat. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but the more convenient something is to use, the less secure mm -hmm. it is. I mean, because there's, there's always that core, the more secure something is, the more difficult it is to use. I mean, and just think about like your computers, if you've got, you know, password and MFA, yep. I mean, Nobody, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone who jumps up and down about the opportunity to use MFA, um, but it's definitely, it helps, you know, it helps makes things secure, but it also makes it less accessible. Mm -hmm. And so you could also see it from the opposite standpoint. If you're thinking, wow, this is really super easy and convenient and it's making my resources more accessible, you should be asking yourself, well, if it's more accessible for myself, for my employees, to use, there's probably going to be a security downside that you need to give some thought to. Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's been great chatting with you, Joe. Uh, in general, I think this is more the, the we're going to be changing the direction a bit of the this podcast to be less about just interviewing business owners. We're still going to do that and kind of having those discussions, but we're going to be focusing more and more on how the small business can actually implement some security and up their game. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be seeing you back here in the coming weeks. Uh, but again, appreciate your time. Uh, we'll let you get back at it. Thanks for having me. Thank you.